0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Faith Fitness and French Toast. As always, I'm your host, Moses Allwood, and I am so pumped that you are joining us here for the official video premiere of Faith Fitness and French Toast featuring our first return guest, Larry Big Cat McKeown. The purpose of this podcast is and always has been simple, to encourage, empower, and inspire athletes of all walks of life in their strength endeavors, faith walk, and of course, Their best options for post-workout, late-night meals. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Skull Smash Ammonia, Raw Grip Chalk, Croqueta Strength, and Primate Apparel for their consistent support and encouragement. The best hard-hitting ammonia in the game comes straight from Steve at Skull Smash. Some of the best chalk, both liquid and dust powder in the game comes from Jonathan at Raw Grip, using code Power to save money, of course. If you want no BS training and team that's going to stand by you through all the ups and downs, shoot a DM over to the Croqueta Strength on Instagram and save some money when you bring up the podcast. And last but not least, we are humble but we are savage. Prime Apparel's mentality, sticking to your guns and standing up to those who would do you ill, is a vital part of my training. And you can use the code Faith and Fitness to save money on their site as well. I have the privilege of sitting down with my coach and friend, Larry McEwen. Larry has multiple sclerosis, is an elite international powerlifter out of Canada, and has become a very dear friend and mentor of mine over the last few years of competing. You don't want to miss out on any of this episode as we talk about what it means to say totals talk, what it means to back up your bull, to stop making excuses, and to meet the damn standard. So sit back, relax, and dive in, whether on Spotify, iTunes, or our new YouTube channel, Faith Fitness and French Toast by Moses Hallwood. We'll see you there. Larry, what is going on, brother? Welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks for having me again. Uh, Not too much going on. Uh, Early Saturday morning, getting some food. Yeah,
0: uh, we were just chatting, you had your uh, 74th birthday uh, yesterday, looking good, totaling 2000 at 74 years old, pretty proud of you. How was was the uh, celebration?
1: Yeah, uh, didn't get up too much, man, just uh, had a work day, nice day at work, and then came home and had some uh, lighter squat day and got through that and got everything moving well and took an easy night. That's kind of what I would like to do to, that's an optimal celebration for me anyways, just kind of have a. A uh, quieter night alone and, you know, move on, treat it as another day for me. That's how I get through those. For sure.
0: Well, before we jump too far in, because this is our official uh, video launch, you can see both our ugly mugs for the entirety of this interview as well. This is up on YouTube and on Spotify and iTunes if you guys don't want to look at us, which we understand. Uh, as always, sponsored by Raw Grip Chalk, you can see this unnecessary advertisement as well as Skull Smash Ammonia if you want to smell hell. And as you can see on my shirt and here, croquet to strength, but we are also big supporters of ward smelling salts and, uh, eight man powerlifting, as you can see on Larry's shirt there as well. Well, Larry, you have met some pretty major goals recently. You told 2000, uh, it was a big performance. I wonder if you can just run us back through what that experience was like, even as you're prepping for your next meet coming up.
1: Um, yeah, it was, a. Kind of a, a strange experience in some sense, uh, just because is a prep, and I don't think prep ever goes exactly as you want. Um, just a few hiccups, trying to battle through some just some injuries and recurring things, chronic things and pains and nags and stuff. But mostly it was a decent success. Um, I was a little bit frustrated um, come platform time. I uh, still was able to put up some pretty good numbers, but I ended up having to pass a third squat my leg, the, one of the injuries that I had going into the uh, meet was m- some problems with my leg and it ended up letting go pretty hard on my second attempt squat but I was able to land 800 plus squat on that one so um, it was still a successful day on that. I think I did leave some but um, not going to try and say how much because what I hit is what I got so that's what I got that day. That's what I was strong enough for that day so um, just building floor since was October, mid-October, so just been building a lot since. Lots and lots of tempo work and trying to build the stability back up and legs feeling quite a bit better. I wouldn't say 100% yet, but it's getting close and um, things are feeling really snappy these days. I'm feeling really capable, so I'm looking forward to, being able to getting an opportunity here to compete again once our COVID measures lift off a little bit more, we're pretty tight up here still in Canada. So especially Alberta where I'm at. So a little bit frustrated there. Um, But other lists went okay. Same kind of thing happened with bench. Just um, had a little bit more, I think, and wasn't able to put it up that day. So that's feeling like it is there now training for that's been going really well, probably better than it ever has. I'd say I'm stronger than I've ever been there. So, and my confidence is all time high. Like I'm, I'm opening above my second attempt last meet and i you know, I, I'm very, very confident there. So, and then deadlifts has come down to healing. So uh, last meet was able to train deadlifts pretty infrequently and maybe every other week, a heavier day, kind of undulated it with a lighter week. Um, that went pretty well for me. I um, was able to recover and get, you know, as much as I could that day, a little over 700 that day from where I was at months prior that was a big jump um from where i thought my leg was going to be able to take that day so basically just threw on whatever i needed to get over 2000 that day um hopefully this year is the year kind of reverse some things and actually use deadlift as my advantage how it used to be so um and then really lock out nice totals so because 2000 is it's a nice milestone number but for me i don't um i was happy with it for you know the 25 minutes, kind of thing, and then I was already starting to feel uh, it's time to get back to training because it's not the end goal for me even close. So, and then seeing um, real pros, um, I guess technically I would be considered pro or some in some reason, but in my mind, it's not even close. So, like I'm watching real pros go 2300 in my in my class, you know, guys that are obviously quite a bit bigger than me. But Dan went 2606 last weekend. Like that is that's real, um, real powerlifting, right? So I think just to kind of know where you are and know your place. And I think there's nothing wrong with doing that and having, using that as a, as a, um, way to improve your own goals and improve yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. Being able to just know where you are in reality, um, and using it as motivation. Like it's incredible feats of strength. It's fun to even just watch and, you know, um, (laughs) <laughs> the same meat when John goes, what he do? I don't even know. We went just nuts that day 730, 70 something and eight friggin' 60 or something. And He almost had 900 pounds or 882 or something go up. It's like I outweigh this guy by 80 pounds or 85 pounds. It's like, yeah, that's uh, that was like a piss off in a sense, but I was so happy for him. But at the same time, it's like I was like stomping around. i'm like you gotta be kidding me, like get your ass in gear, man. Like, what am I doing? Like, I feel like I'm a guy that trains pretty hard, eats pretty well you know, I have a decent body composition. I try to do a lot of things, right. Like say my birthdays yesterday, I do D load squats. I can't even get, you know, I'm trying to do these things, get my food in, get to bed early. So I can wake up today, do this and get some training in, but it's like, obviously I'm not doing enough. So I got to do a little bit more and, you know, use that as a, some motivation, but at the same time, be absolutely pumped for these guys that are able to do this stuff. And that, that, you know, they are putting it in and they do have some gifts and they're utilizing everything that they have. Right. Um, so just a really just that journey piece, man. You know, you got to just kind of go with it. Keep yourself accountable. Keep yourself humble and know your frigging place. Yeah.
0: You know, you, you mentioned a couple good things there, which I which I know we'll get into more. And the first was you said I totaled 2000. Maybe I could have totaled more. But I didn't total more. I totaled 2,000. So that's what I did. I'm not going to speculate on what I could have done. There is an increase of athletes who say, oh, I I deadlifted 715 today, but probably 771 was there. Had I eaten 500 more calories or had I done X, Y, Z? And I noticed you didn't say that. So as we see this uprise of people saying, I could have done this, but I didn't do it. How the hell do we combat that when it's just suffocating the sport?
1: I don't know, man. Like, I, I'll do it mockingly here and there to my buddies or whatever, and for like in a DM. And, you know, I put up a decent bench the other day, uh, kind of like just pretty much chucked 474, whatever it is, the kilos. And then my one good friend messaged me, goes, uh, Oh, yeah, man. Looks like it looks like a, about an eight, like you had a couple more kind of thing. Yeah. Um, my, always my response, if it's a real response, like I'd ask if it were some situation like this, is like, no, I had one cause I took one. Like, it doesn't matter if I had 10, I took, I had one that, like, cause I took one. That's what I did. Um, but we will mockingly or jokingly say in some sense, it's just like, no, fresh. I had 25. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you know, if I had slept better, I had more today. If I got my food in, I got more today. If I had recovered one more day, I would have got more today. Oh, if my, You know, if my elbow was two degrees in, a little bit more pinned to my body, and my chest, my arch was a little bit higher up my back, I would have had more today. It's like, then do all of that. Do all of that shit. Eat better. Start to hydrate better. Get your sleep in. You know, deload your stress from your animals. I've seen so many things that people write in their little captions about why they would have had more today. As far as, I swear to God, this is last week, we had... If I only had different parents, I would have. A I'll send you the post later. Like, don't share it probably here, but I'll send it to you. This is a real thing. You know, you get all of them. You get the levers, and levers makes a big difference in powerlifting. Absolutely, like you know, you watch guys like Weiss who have these really nice deadlift levers. He's strong as hell. Like, nothing to take away his strength. He's unbelievable. But it's like, he does have good levers for it. So he's got, he's going to be good at it. And then he works his ass off at it. So he's going to be better at it. And he's strong as hell. So he's going to be really good at it, which he is he pulled like 980 the other day or something. Right. But it's like, they do matter, but it's like, you don't need to point it out all the time. And that's where it comes back to your personal thing. You'll never change a lot of that stuff. So it's just like, use what you have. I have horrible, dead, I have your deadlift leverages. They're horrible. Yeah. Like we're very similar that way. Like, My arms are a little longer than my average height. My legs are way bigger than they should be. And my torso is quite short relative, you know, the exact opposite of what you'd want for a deadlifter. But you just work with what you have. KK didn't have the best deadlift leverages. If you watch him, you know, Lily Bridge is another guy pulls it up pretty high. Another guy, Kirill, if you watch Kirill, he's a 6'7". He pulls it. He's a cock lockout guy too. Like, you know, but they strong as hell because they got better with what they have and they didn't spend their whole time whining about what they have to do. They just worked with what they had because they realized you can't change it. It might not be optimal. Like, yeah, Eric might not pull 1050. He probably strong enough too with someone else's leverages, but he's, you don't see him going yank whatever. He's pulling 900 something and then going, I would have had more today if I had different parents. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you like, Oh my God. Yes, you, in your, you, in, I guess technically you're probably right, but like we're using these. this as an excuse now. I would have had more today if I had four pancakes instead of three. I would have had more today, but I ran out of ramen noodles and had to sub it for the no-name brand. Like, our, oh my good Lord, man. I would have had more today, but my potassium tablets, I only had one instead of two. I shit you not, I read this one too. This is about six months ago because it's still in my mind. It's one of the worst ones I've ever heard. There's a competition squat squat through second attempt or third attempt or something. It was a fail and the fail was not blamed on lack of strength. It wasn't blamed on a misgroup. Jesus. That's another one. The misgroup. No, he didn't. You're just not strong enough to hold it in the groove. Mm-hmm. But this complaint was my wrist straps were too tight <laughs> <laughs> on a squat. Like on a squat, take them off. Or the, mm-hmm. does that, is that like, there's been times I've literally walked into a squat on a wrap squat, forgot my belt, just forgot it. Cause I want to squat it. Certainly didn't have my wrist wraps. Wrist wraps are basically optional. Cause it's just kind of, if you can find them on that day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have a meat prep, like wear them then tighten them then. But we're, we're going to bring that up. Like you want people to read that. And that's your reasoning. Why today didn't go as well. You know, I don't know, man. Like, there's certain things that will make it not go. Injuries, one of those things. Like, I think people who have injuries, sure. You, like, injury is going to hold you back. But even then, who cares? You did it. That's what you had that day, regardless of the injury. That's kind of what I said when you started the thing. You said, congrats, 2k, whatever. It's like, yeah, like, battle through some things. That's what it is. Like, that's what people do. Like, that's what we're, we're getting under and we're picking up and we're pushing quite a bit of weight, you know, at these levels. And it's, um, you're going to have some knacks and some nicks and stuff like that. At least a lot of the time, you will. So, that's not foreign things. But like, you, and there are also still variables you can control in some sense. You know, rest better into the meat. Do do your recovery exercises. Don't overload the muscle too far out. Don't overload the muscle too frequently too far out. Those kinds of take control, man. Like this, there's this, this a huge absence of accountability in um, preparation and in the ability to just. Be real and fair to yourself and to what you're saying to you, whoever's watching you and to the community. You know, like it's just it's a shenanigan, it's a charade of just of just like if I can't do it, I'm just going to say I can I could have or that I can. Mm-hmm. What happened to yeah. shutting the hell up? What happened to you just oh you can do it? Oh here, look at me, do it. Then. Right, like here I'm doing. it. Yeah, like I like. I don't know. And that's not to take away from like having a goal. that's where people got, get some shit sometimes. Cause it's like, yeah, but like I need to tell myself i like, I hit 804 in the meet. Um, I need to tell, but I if I if you don't tell yourself you're gonna hit an 828 or 838 or whatever you're gonna do next, how are you gonna reach that goal? I uh, yeah, you're I would agree. But the difference is I'm saying you need to work harder to get a number bigger than that because that's what progress is. I'm not blabbing around and saying listing a bunch of shit about how I'm going to get there or how that's going to make like, just shut up, just go and do those things on your own, post your work as you go. So you have some sort of accountability to yourself or however you need, if that helps you, or a progress log, or it's a video log, however you want to work it, and then just do it at some point. And then you can say, I've done it and then you don't just have to and then you can show it you can prove it you can cuz you did it you don't have to say i could do this i haven't done it read one the other day it was sent to me a few times actually um max deadlift is a woman uh, trainer powerlifter she's going i think it's like a 340 decent deadlift writing in there haven't done conventional deadlifts in a long time so it's one of these like really long just holy shit paragraph things um haven't done conventional deadlifts for a long time. I don't remember if they felt good or bad or whatever list of excuses was attached to it. doesn't really make the point near the end. It goes, even though I haven't done them in a long time, I'm certain over 400 is there. Mm. We were watching a video of a three Oh eight triple and it was eight. Like hard. (laughs) Okay. So if it's there, go and yank it, go pick it up. Like what the, that's so ignorant to every other person who's earned that, you know, that 400 benchmark, a nice milestone to just say it. Mm-hmm. That's like me going, I know, like I haven't done straight bar squats. And I, this is true. I haven't done them since the meet. I've done three sessions since in the last week and a half uh, with a straight bar. Imagine me going on and putting up my straight bar squats. I think it was a 705 double or something was my first or second day back with straight bar. And I go, oh, I know I haven't done straight bar squats in a while, but I know 900 is there. would be absurd like how ignorant, how ignorant is that right like that's just so if if we have this thing where we're talking like um you know pound for pound and different levels and stuff and um like obviously i think not everyone can agree that 900 pounds is a harder weight than 300 pounds but if we are doing the equivalent thing to body weight or to gender or whatever we're talking about right what does the number difference matter it doesn't matter anymore if it's a 340 that you're showing. And you're gonna make this nasty jump to 60, 60 pounds to say 400's definitely there. I don't even need to do it. I know it's there. You know? What's the difference from if saying a 705 seven to saying the 850's there? It's definitely there. The math's the same. The percent increase is the same. The ridiculousness is the exact same. The delusion's the same. The audacity to say something like that's the same. You're out to lunch. Like you're out to vacation like that. You are your whole your whole accountability measure, your whole authenticity, your whole ability, the the ability to for people to see you and take you genuinely gone. You're completely discredited because you're bullshitting people. That's bullshit. That's what it means. Like I didn't make up that word. Bullshit means you are not telling people what's going on. You didn't deadlift 400. You're telling them you did. I didn't squat 900. I'd be telling them I did if I wrote that same shit. That's ignorant. It's And it's disrespectful to people who can do that. You know, people work their ass off, you know, lifters to, to, to uh, deadlift 400 pounds in a particular stance or whatever. You know, people work their ass off to squat 900 pounds. I I don't know. I have never done it. I'm not going to say I have yet. Well, I, I intend to, right? Like that's a different story. I intend to. Not that I can. I know I can. It's there for sure. What? Show me that. Like, show somebody. Um, it's a very easy concept, man. Like, it's just... Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying what you are doing now. Like, that's genuine. That's honest. There's And there's nothing wrong with it. Use it to promote. Like, use it to... You know, promote your own goal and to achieve your own goal and to work towards your own goal. Like that's okay. You know, it's gonna you're gonna get further being ego checked, and not to say that I don't have some freaking ego problem. We all do in some sense, but it's like that. At least I can ego check myself enough to get me into a position where it's like this is where I am. This is where I need to go. I'm not just diluting my mind with poison, saying this is where I am when I'm not there. If I started going around saying I'm a nine six hundred uh, 850 puller. It's like what? That's just ignorant. That's not the. It's not the truth, right? You say what you are, not what you want to be, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's my. That's a long answer for a short question, but
0: no, but it, it's a good answer. And the thing is, for those we've got the cat in the background, I'm waiting for it to jump on your back. But you know what? For, for people that, for people that that don't know you super well, um, everyone. Larry has multiple sclerosis. So anyone who has a right to have an excuse for fucking something up, it's Larry and he doesn't. So if you are able to literally have a degenerative disease and can still fucking hit your numbers, homeboys like, oh, I didn't. The temperature in the gym was three degrees colder than I would have loved it to have been like it it blows my mind. It, It really, really blows my mind because I'm like, just do the weight. Take your shirt off if it's too hot. Put a hoodie on if it's too cold. Like, fuck it. Who cares? You know, I think it's already because the, the sport is already so small and it's already so full of jackasses who aren't meeting standards, which we'll get to here in a second anyway, that for especially it's always the USAPL. It's always the USAPL. It's these 74 kg, 83 kg, 63 kg boys who call themselves boys, B O I Z who are always Kemen and they're on their way and they're going to war and people aren't ready for them. And they're like 18. Like I'm 22. I turned 23 here in a couple weeks. I've been competing for what a year and a half. I've done what three competitions. I don't know jack shit. I total 14, 15 like it's not, but you'd see these guys who have been competing once and they achieve a junior 18 to 19 national record because no one's ever competed in their weight class before. And they go, holy shit, I'm Kevin, You ain't ready for me. We're about to change the game. And then you see Dan Bell total 2,600 pounds. And it's like, no, that changes the game. Like your 1,600 pound total doesn't do shit. And I just, I don't understand where the ego comes from to even try to compare yourself and say me hitting 1600 is the equivalent of Dan bell totaling 2600.
1: Yeah. I don't get I think it. There's a couple things, a couple things there. Like this whole idea, um, it's basically just how numbers work. Like, um, Dan squatting 1102 is a higher number than me squatting 804. Um, so that means he's stronger than me. That's like, that's just, that's cut and dry. You know, um, numbers work. I didn't invent the numeric system. It's been around for hundreds, thousands of years. Um, that's how the numbers work, right? Like bigger number means you have more weight, especially when we're talking right. about weight. Right. Right. Um, so that's, I think that's the first thing it's, you cannot argue that that's the one nice thing. And I think that what draws some people to uh, powerlifting over body, bodybuilding, or, um, you know, some of these other things, it's cause it's a quantifiable, activity um it's it's not subjective you know while it is in some sense with the judging in some uh, places maybe we should talk a bit about too because jesus um (laughs) what the hell oh my god yeah numbers yeah so that's what it means that's how numbers work the bigger number if you're talking about pounds or kilos it is a bigger number that means you have more weight that means you're stronger that's what it takes you take strength to require to move those pounds or those kilos like so I think that's my first point uh there and i think that's i'm just going to leave it there because to me over um over um justifying or articulating about what that that point kind of defeats its own purpose because there's beauty in the simplicity of it i think the second thing is i i would actually disagree with you on on saying the usapl but i think it is in the usapl and the ipf and stuff for sure but i'm seeing it everywhere man um it doesn't matter sometimes it's even worse like um, came across one the other day. I was uh making some stories about whatever and I looked through my um if you go to the very bottom of your stories on Instagram, you can see that however many people are that do not follow you that are seeing your stuff, right? They always sort them to the bottom. Right. So I went through there and I found this multiply guy don't know this guy very well. I think I've seen him one time at a meet. Uh checked his page out, didn't say much didn't say anything to him, just kinda of left it alone, everything but Uh, Chuck his page out. He's got some decent squat number in his bio, 700 pounds, something, 505 bench and, uh, you know, whatever. It's probably like a 535 deadlift or something. So that's how it always goes, multiply. Anyways, not the point. Numbers are written. No mention of gear, no mention of anything. But he does have his national record in his uh, thing. That was kind of your one point. So a couple of things here for me. It's like, what? So... You're walking around telling people you squat 700 plus pounds, you bench 500 plus pounds with what, right? We don't, we don't get that. It's just, this is what I can do. But you didn't mention your equipment here. You didn't mention your systems, right? Um, then you know, do a little bit more investigation. All of a sudden we're seeing, oh, uh, posts like this variation is very tricky. The variation is a raw squat. It's a raw mm-hmm. squat to parallel. This variation is hard. Yeah. So squats are hard. Yeah. Squats are hard. The thing that you have 725 up in your bio, that's what you're That's what you're misleading people to believe because you didn't say it was multiplying. You didn't say it was seven inches high and you didn't say it was done in the metal militia or the RPS or the SPF. You said you have a 725 squat and then your next day you put up a, you know, this variation is hard. We have a raw squat now and sleeves with a belt still, you know, with a, I think it was a 515 all out grinder, which is fine. If you are 515 squatter. that is not my point. I don't care. My point is you misleading people and lying to people, but then to go, this variation is hard. Okay. Yes. Moving the weight with your body is harder. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. It is. And that's okay. So stop misleading people. Following the record thing. Yes. That is just, it's causing an issue. Like it is the participant participation medal, um, just a, a exponential um, growth at an exponential growth rate. And now we have this dilemma where everyone is a record holder. Um, almost everyone that does the thing has a record now. Mm-hmm. That is bizarre to me. We're diluted with federations, which I'm not going to say there needs to be a certain number of federations or not. I don't. I don't think I have the solution for that, so I'm not going to say there needs to be change. I feel like if you are advocating for a for a change, you should have at least one idea for a solution. I don't really have an idea for a solution because I think it is so overpopulated, um, or over uh, you know watered down with so many federations. I think we might be too far gone, unfortunately, to you know reverse that and start to maybe some sort of coalition at some point I don't know but I, I I know in powerlifting's history that's been tried too um and it always kind of erupts back into its separate entities again so that's a really tricky one but yeah the, the record problem like you're not a record holder like sorry you are a piece of paper holder you know I got I got so many of them I don't know I went to a meet and I, I I signed up for a meet. My meet last March, I was, my legs was still bothering me. So I did a a bench only sign up. Meet day comes around, I'm a head case come meet day. So all of a sudden I'm doing full power. I didn't do a deadlift. I think I took one deadlift in three months, did full power. Meet, I think I went 19, whatever. It's a little over 1900, I think in this meet on a, you know, a no prep meet, got some records. And then I ended up getting the bench only thing. I got a bench only certificate but because I signed up as bench only, but because I switched to full power and this is my point, it's not kind of what I did. I also got medals or records or for the full power in that class. And then I got the bench only for that class in a federation that's existed for four years. You know, I had a national record and I had some provincial records because we're in Canada. So we have provinces, not States forever. And I had four or five medals hanging around my neck on a day that I didn't mean to compete. Or didn't plan mm-hmm. to compete for that's an issue you know like um i don't think it doesn't have to be an issue necessarily like a uh, minor in a drawer and they're great and i'm you know they're around but i think when it gets to an issue is if what if i was sitting here and we have uh above these boxes i have a rack and i have all of these metals hanging on it and i got my shit framed all over the walls you know and i got people coming over and i go hey Yeah. Look at that. I'm a national record holder. We're actually packing right now. Shit. I think it's packed up. My uh, world champion one is behind me someplace. It's a uh, plastic trophy. It's about this tall. Um, It's probably cost a grand total of $2 and 94 (laughs) cents. It says I'm a world champion on it. It's like, because I won GPC worlds technically I won the overall GPC worlds. So am I going to start telling people that? Should I have 2020 world champion in my bio, you know, that's a decent federation. Dan Green competed there. You know, we got some really nice lifters that compete through GPC over time. So, but okay. So if I put that up, am I doing a service or a disservice, right? Like it's COVID all of the international athletes couldn't come beyond that. Even if they could, it's one fed out of how many, mm-hmm. right? And then beyond that, it's a two thousand total or two thousand one total. It's not the record, mm-hmm. right? I ended up not cutting at all for that meet. I weighed in, I walked in and weighed in. I think I was two eighty on the dock kind of thing. So I ended up, I ended up having to compete at three hundred eight for that meet. So not, I was the three hundred eight champion. Might as well, you know. I was the overall champion because I almost lost to a 62-year-old or 58-year-old guy because he was actually strong as hell and he had an age coefficient and he damn near beat me on coefficient. Um, But that guy's actually strong as hell. His name's Mike, great lifter. He's one of my favorite people to watch lift. Guy goes multiply on the first day, totals, whatever, I don't know, but he just crushes his body, comes back the next day, goes raw, does it all again and actually hits a bigger deadlift. It was like this guy this guy's nuts 58 he's like limping around i'm off track but yeah he's an amazing lifter to watch anyways but so i can go and i can write i have all these records and i have all these awards and all this stuff and it's like do you like do you what's a real 308 look like you know like eric's a real eric Lillybridge is a real three dane Dillon's a real 308 you know another guy in canada he's one of the stronger guys in canada dane went november he goes I think he did it at 308. He might have just just over 308. It was right around that ballpark, though. He could have made 308 if he didn't. But he goes 804 in sleeves, 518, and 887. It's like, mm. and he's not the best. He's like a top 12, I think 10 type guy in the 308s, the real 308s. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, I'm the best 308 when a guy that lives five hours away from me is absolutely dummying that. Like, that's so ignorant, man. Like, Oh my god! And we got guys. It's like it's a five hundred one. <clears throat> I'm the provincial record holding squat. Well, weird because I can do that for a set of twenty two. So <laughs> right. How 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 did how man how I'm I'm in this province. I'm in this country too. And there's guys that can probably take it for more than that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's uh, it's the false sense of you know accomplishment because and it's, it's 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 I think it is a disservice to the community and into powerlifting. Because it's creating these ego problems that like you kind of referenced with the 60, the boys and the Kemen and the, this kind of attitude. Um, there's nothing wrong with thinking you're coming up and you're going to work hard for it and all these things. But to vocalize it and then your evidence of you doing so is these these phony records. They're phony. They're, they're paper, right? Um, that, and, and to me, I think that's what they should be. And I, it comes all the way full circle back to that accountability piece. If you can't say it, just say you can't right it's the same type of topic you know start making shirts with that on it and banners and stuff because i think it just needs to be seen more um, because it's plaguing and it's creating these ego problems it's creating like honestly it's probably creating some sort of identity problems for people because they're associating themselves as this huge champion and it's like you don't know what it takes to be a champion i don't know either and i have all sorts of shit that says world champion and provincial and i don't because i'm not and that's okay you know like, uh, man, I don't understand, you know, and you see, it at, you see it at every class. And I think that was the last thing I wanted to kind of address from the question. Um, the way you asked the question was, I don't think it is just the small class. I think it, it's interclass. So I think each class has their own um, shenanigan going on, I think. And then I think <laughs> the overall has its own issues, too, because I think the coefficients just aren't, aren't um, up to snuff to really display the true, you know, true strength or a true expression of strength yep. at times. But, yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think it's important to, to also differentiate, like we're, we're not saying if you're making progress, you shouldn't be proud of that and express it. No, like absolutely. Like I, I think of when, um, even when, you know, you were training me last year when I was out of DC and I was prepping for that meet over the winter I was coming back from an injury, put like 100 pounds in my squat in like, what, two months? And I was like, holy shit, I just put 100 pounds in my squat in two months. You can say that and be proud of that without saying I'm the greatest squatter in the world. Because my training partner is Duncan fucking Hundley, for God's sake, who just squatted 771 for three in in sleeves in the same weight class. So I can look at that and go, this is a better lifter than me. And somehow, he's humbler. And so it's like, okay, well, maybe that's a sign Of that's a good lifter. A good lifter is strong, but says there are people who are better than me. A good lifter can even be someone who is weak and says, there are people that are better than me. And I am improving myself
1: every session instead of. No, I was just going to say, like, I, I agree with what you're saying there. Um, It's not at all to demean someone's progress. You know, um, I have uh, some stuff that says totals talk on it. And I think it's, it's been around. I've seen the Forte say it. Uh, Dan Bell puts it up on some stuff. Um, I actually had a conversation with Nick he mentioned that he was uh, wasn't too pumped at the start when I started using Totals Stock because he' come to the first inning. but about it we talked about it it's fine anyway, so but I've had issues with that because people go, well total stock, total stock it's so I can't have an opinion if I don't have a better total than you nope that's not exactly what it means it's right. it's referring up to this whole conversation it's you don't have to say what you can do, you know, let your total do that for you. This is what you can do. What can you squat? Okay. What did you total? What did your, what, what, you know, what fraction of your total did your squat make up? That's the number that you can squat now, right? Like allow that to do your talking. Don't allow the pieces of paper that say you're a provincial or state championship. There you go. Nice. There's a shirt with it. There you go. Beautiful. You know, so it's like it's so misconstrued because it's like I can't have a voice if I don't have a bigger total than you. No, that's not it at all, man. Like it's an attitude about working and letting your work demonstrate your 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 um, your your work, really letting your work do your work for you. Like don't let your mouth do it for you constantly. Like I can like some people, I can bench 550. I haven't benched 550 yet. You know, let your bench or your total talk for you. Like that's what I can do, you know. Uh, I threw up, like I told you, I threw up that nice 470 plus bench the other day, like a like nice long pause, shoved it off. It's like, let people think, like, that's what I'm doing. Let that work talk for me. You know, let that bench talk. Let that squat talk. Let the deadlift talk for you. Whatever it is, that's what it means. It doesn't mean you you don't have a voice. Like, we're not saying that. No one's saying that, you know. And also the way I think about it, the way it applies to me is is obviously it's just that ego check piece that I'm just talking about. But the other piece is let's see some progress in your total. Like are you going – are you a person that's going 1,100 and you hit 1,150 in six months and you get a nice jump and you get a 12,25? You are talking. That is your total is talking. It's, it's showing me that and it's showing everybody that you are in this linear growth and you're working your ass off to get a higher number. It doesn't mean you don't have an opinion. My coach is a what is what's Trevor totaled eighteen hundred pounds or something like that. He's a nice lifter. Oh He's a one ninety eight. Yeah, like I'm not going to try and say I know more than Trevor because I have a little bit better total than him. You know, I out total him by a couple hundred pounds. It's like that's that's so ignorant. That's not it at all. You know, it's it's not you don't have an opinion. It's stop bullshitting people. You know, it's hold yourself accountable. There's nothing wrong with that. You know. I'm so I'm so sick of that. I'm so sick, and I think a lot of people are starting to get sick of it because I've even had conversations with people that took offense in the past. Well, why can't I talk? Because I don't I don't total two k. I can't. You know, I can't have a conversation with you. Not at all. That's not it at all. You're misconstruing the point. And now I'm starting to see those same people that took issue and weren't understanding what it meant because at first glance it could kind of come off rubbish like that, like um, and rub people that wrong way. But that's not it. So after a small explanation like I just gave. Now I'm starting to see those same people flip that, flip the narrative, you know? And, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, I don't want to be an egotistical dickhead constantly. You know, I want to, I, I want to make real change. I want to be a, I think it makes you a better person because it's, it's showing you ability. It's teaching you skills, right? It's teaching you those skills by just being real with it and just, and being honest, man, like, oh, man, same thing. It's the same thing. That's why I put it up. That's why I built – I have an 80-square-foot banner hanging behind the squat rack because it it's like it, – it's just that it, – it's a reminder. It's not a I'm better than you. It's not my opinion means more. It's not I know more than you. It's not you're inferior to me. It's not you're a worse person to me. That's the worst one. We have your number does makes you a better person. Or I get that shit all the time. You think you're such a good guy because you're strong. No, that has nothing to do with why I think I'm a good guy. Do I think I'm a good guy? Yes. I will treat people very fairly and I will be loyal to mostly a fault. Mm-hmm. You know, But it's not to say that, yeah, I can squat 800 pounds. I'm a better person. What? That makes no sense. On the flip side, I've seen the other thing. No one will remember you for your number. If we can stay, you know, if we can stay within our in our means, you're going to be, you're going to reach your end goal faster than overreaching constantly, right? Like, and I, I've done this in the past, especially when I was starting, I had no idea. I was a late starter in the powerlifting thing. Like, I'm not sure if I mentioned to you before, but I played basketball through university and stuff. And it's a very different type, like body type, you know, 6'1", 2", 15, really quite lean, quite fast, decent jump, the kind of things like that, right? It was different. Um, environment, athletic environment for me, lots of plyo, lots of running, big time endurance. Um, I didn't start real lifting until I was 25. Right. Like, so I've only been doing this for four, four and a half kind of years. So I think it, when I really started, I had no idea. I didn't know who any of the lifters were at that age. Right. Like I didn't know anything. The only people I knew, the only thing I knew is I liked to deadlift and I like to try and get the weight on that bar. Right. Like, I think a lot of people start out that way, which is probably the wrong way. But anyway, I would I would started like I think everybody you start in these days, you start to look on YouTube and stuff. And I found Rubish fell in love with Pete Rubish and that way. He just got after. Right. Like I started training like that. And then, you know, uh, didn't do anything right. Didn't really know what to do. And then I had to slow down, slow down, start learning, started finding more, started researching, just became absolutely obsessed, Um, started reaching out to people and kind of getting some more information, learning, you know, And then I started to really realize it's like, there's so much more to, um, lifting, but not even just like the mechanics of lifting, but the way you need to be to lift well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where these things are starting to come from. Just like knowing where you are, being accountable, being honest, being, you know, that ego check piece and just, there's so many ways it, it rolls back into play. Um, in training it rolls into play. You need to be accurate and honest with yourself of where your body's at that day. You need to know when to pull the gas back. You need to know when you're able to push it. You need to know, you need to be able to make like auto-regulation decisions based on how you're feeling, you know, because ultimately as much as I do believe it's a controllable variable, things like sleep, food, water, all those kinds of things are going to make a difference someday. Some days I just feel garbage and you should feel good. So you need to be able to have that, you know, that um, ability to be able to regulate, um and i think that's a maturity piece that comes with just doing it for a little longer and just holding yourself in check long enough so that becomes all you know right so i like when i start working with people i get on people really quick about that kind of stuff if i start seeing things like oh i had a nice set today i benched you know they 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 go and do a they do a 315 for five bench really nice set there's nothing to be you know doesn't matter even what the weight is let's just say x for five but fresh i would have had 10 you know, that same kind of thing. It's like, no, let's reframe how we're talking right now. You know, mm-hmm. let's say we just, we did X for five. Move on. Because that's what you were supposed to do. That day. You did your work. Move on. We don't need to surround it with all this bullshit. We don't need to just, you know, fill it up with erroneous material. That's jargon. It's just, it's dead wood words. You know, mm-hmm. it's like an English class. You got to go in and you got to pull all that stuff up like I want to put half of these Instagram posts through Grammarly you know you get those ads that pop up on YouTube Grammarly and they go in and they they take out all the the shit you don't need it's like sad thing is is you half these posts are going to be five percent of the words by the time Grammarly goes through it and filters out all their shit right so just to try and have that because like I say and it's not to just completely rag it's funny to kind of rant about how annoying it is but at the same time, it i it genuinely, as a coach, it's going to make my athlete better. It's going to make me better. Yeah. It's going to turn your mind into a different monster. You're going to be accountable. You're going to be honest. You're going to be fair. You're going to work hard. You're going to be able to push to those goals without the gratification from the external. Right? Um, there's a whole bunch of benefit to not being an idiot.
0: Yeah. And, and you know... I feel like if there's one thing I could just drive home, like in every single episode I've ever recorded of this for the people that listen to it. And even for the people that in any way have learned anything from me, which should be minimal because I don't know anything, but it's just like committing yourself to always learning and never assuming that you've made it. Like Dan bell's not even going to say he's made it. Like all of these top athletes aren't going to say they've made it. And so for me, like every once in a while, like, I mean, everyone knows, lifters watch their own videos a thousand times more than anyone else is ever going to watch them. I could watch the same deadlift over and over and over again. Like my first squat in the first competition I ever did absolutely dive bonded, like totally fucked it. And it completely threw me off, totally underperformed. And I've watched that lift a thousand something times I've competed since then, whatever, but I look back and I'm like, okay, that's where I started. And I can now look now at where I'm at. I'm like, wow, I've come a far way but i've got a million fucking miles to go i've got a million fucking people to learn from but what i don't understand is how people can assume especially these young 20 somethings teenagers they're like okay cool i've put together a somewhat decent total all right i'm done i'm i'm offering my coaching services i'm starting a supplement brand i'm starting an apparel brand whatever all of those are great things if you're if you're really doing that whatever but it's like okay but can we all agree that there's more work to be done instead of just assuming we've completed it? You know, I would assume Dan Bell's not going to say, okay, I totaled 2,600. All right, I'm done. No, he's going to go back. He's going to rest. And then he's going to go back into the gym and he's going to prep for 2,700. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's not that complicated of a concept.
1: Yeah, not none of it is. Like I say, like I, I would completely agree. It's not that complicated, but um, that's, what's worrisome to me is it's not complicated, but it's so bad and it's so rampant, right? So it's like, if something not complicated is this much of an issue, like, holy flop, man, you know? Um, I like what you said about Dan, um, cause you're absolutely right. And I'm really happy he's the lead of our sport right now. Um, because Dan goes up, he threw up a training double in his, in, uh, his prep for this last one or the meet before or something just absolutely ridiculous. It was like a 10, 15 double or something. He's laying on the floor and there's this little clip. I don't even know if it's public anymore, if it ever was, but we had access to it somehow. Cause I think some Seth had sent it up to someone in Calgary and we saw it. It was just Dan laying on the floor in the gym. And, uh, it's him looking at his squats or whatever. And he's kind of giggling, you know, Dan Wood or whatever. And he goes, Oh man, he's watching his own squats at 10, 15 or whatever it was double. And he goes, Oh man, like I, I'm pretty strong. Hey, eh? like, this is pretty good. Like, that's all he feels. You know, like, he absolutely smashes this weight. And, like, he's humble about it. Like, he's just, he's looking at it and, like, it's okay, right? Uh, it was, I think, you could probably look back. It's. I think it was his opener, or whatever, 10 days out or whatever, his second or last squat or something. The caption was something like, yeah, 1035 moved well today, um, felt strong. That's what he wrote. That was it. we got felt good, felt strong. Okay, meanwhile we have 4.35 going up pounds and we have, and it carries over into the comments. Holy hell. Like, where's your grasp on reality? Like, how do you, how do you look at the lead of our sport? 26.06 raw and wraps. And then he's going, felt good today. Controlled the things I could control, went to work, still, still trained this week, worked all week. He's not doing all that. You know, he's doing what he needs to do. And then he just goes and does it and says, Oh, today was okay. Today was good. Oh, because if I watch that, I'm like, Holy shit. And then I, and then I read it and I'm like, oh, like, yeah, of course, of course, it's not this huge self hype, Mm -hmm. you know, of course, it's just watch the video, you know, just look at it. And then, you know, you can form your own words for that, Write Your own 10 word 10 paragraphs for it because it deserves it. Mm -hmm. You know, he's not running around telling everyone how great he is, you know, and he is great. And he, he, if there is one person, you know, or a couple of people, it's though that echelon that could get away with it, you know, because that's still reality because they actually are that good. They're not delusional saying that shit if they did and they don't, and they could, and they don't. What does that teach us? You know, like you say, your second point was to continually learn, learn from that. Why do we take offense when we say that why do we take offense when someone has a different opinion you know why do we take offense when someone like me is going to go and say why can't we stay in check why can't we look at what we're doing and be okay with that why can't we use that as our motivation or our foundation to get somewhere else our launching pad in a sense right why do we need to tell people all this stuff that isn't true you know, why do we need to, why do we need to artificially boost ourselves up? Like what's wrong with being real, you know? And we, we see that at the top level. And like I say, they could go on about it and they don't, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be very difficult to find. I think any of the very top guys saying much more than what Dan in that example, it might be, thank you to my family. You know, thank you to my support. Thank you. to my Regular shit, good things. But it's never I had the hardest prep of my life. I endured all of this shit. I had a new baby cat this week and I had to feed it twice every day. And I had to fill my own water jug and I had to work my job and I my physiotherapist took a week off and my knee hurt for too long and like, oh my god. Like just shut up, man. Like just go do something.
0: Yeah. And and it's Total. important for people to know like you you don't have to compete in powerlifting. Like I've said this to, so- oh my God! Like when I was in college, and I was working with Liberty Powerlifting, and you know, you had me, you had Duncan, you had a couple guys who knew somewhat of what was going on, enough in which I could give someone a very basic peak for six weeks. Say, go do this, you will go get stronger, and I will get twelve guys come back. And they'll be like, oh, I got stronger because the first week I did 75%. The week after that, I did 80%. And then I did 83%. And whatever, it did their linear progression. And I'll get one guy come back and be like, oh, you know, dude, fucking, I didn't eat as much as I wanted to. You know, I had had class to go to. I had my part-time job working at McDonald's and I didn't get stronger. I think your programming sucks. And I'm like. the other 95% of the people did all of the same things you did and got stronger. It's not, I'm not the common denominator. Just, just don't do this. Like if you can't do this, don't and go do some play fucking golf, like go collect marbles. Like I don't care. Like go do something else.
1: Don't waste my time. time. We talked on that a little bit last time. Like you don't need to be, you don't do something else. If you're not passionate about it, that's fine. Like go do something else. That's okay. We talked about it last time a little bit, um, I, I definitely agree, man. Like it's, uh, it's the same thing. There's no accountability. There's a zero accountability. So it's someone else's fault. You know, I would never, not that this is the only way to do it or that it's the right, exactly right way to do it, but I'm going to take ownership of mm-hmm. me. Like it doesn't matter who you have in your corner or how many people or how much support it's going to be you because power of things, an individual thing, right? So the point fingers, and this is why it's just like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. That is like golf's a nice example. I know you are using it as a different uh, reference, but you go to a golf, um, tournament or whatever you call it, golf. And, um, we call golf tournament, meet golf, meet championship game. game. I don't, golf. I don't know. Match. Go to Something golf like and, that. I'm not sure. I don't know. And you, you go to golfing and, um, you sucked. And then now you're going to blame your uh, caddy. You're going to blame your family. You're going to blame you know, like Shut up. You're the one swinging the stick. You know, you didn't put the ball in the hole, right? Like, that's, that's what it comes down to you that's why it's an individual thing that's what individual means like so that's I mean, what i definitely
0: on there's examples of course of like because you get the athletes are like oh my coach sucks sure if you pick up a coach or as as travis rogers said because he hates the idea of coaching if you pick up someone who hands you programming and the first week they say take 97 for five sets of five you could go okay this person's Stupid. Like, I'm not going to know this is bad programming. But if you look at something very basic, it's a linear progression, it's a hypertrophic block, it's a peak, it's whatever it is, you can go, this makes sense. It doesn't matter who wrote it, this makes sense. If I do this, some part of me will improve. If you don't do it, some part of you will not improve. No one's going to do the work. Like I say this to everyone who's like recently graduated college as well, because I was in the same block when I moved out here. Like if you decide not to make good decisions with your life, you will suffer for it. No one else. I mean, sure. If you're married, whatever, like those people will suffer, but you primarily will suffer. If you don't go to the gym, you just won't get stronger. That's it. No one else is not going to get stronger. The world will keep going on. You just won't go to the gym. If you don't eat your macros, you don't eat them. And like, yeah, if that's just what, if you just don't do it, okay, that's fine. But like, don't blame other people because you didn't make the decision. Like you're a grown man, you're a grown woman, you live and die by your choices. And if you can't make the choices, just say, I didn't make the choice today in your training. I did not do what I needed to do. That's it. You don't need to be like, Oh, I could have done what I needed to do. No, you just, you didn't, you didn't do it. And that's, and that's fine. Just own it and then move on and be like, tomorrow I will do better. And then if you don't, uh, I didn't do better.
1: Own it. And then if you care, change it or own it and then realize, Oh, I, this is not something I want to pursue maybe right now or ever. Regardless, owning it is going to get you somewhere bullshitting is going to hold you stagnant right you're going to either dig a hole you're going to spin your wheels or whatever other metaphor you need to make by lying to yourself because that's what you're doing you're lying to yourself or you're going to come to one of two you know maybe a couple outcomes where you can say okay this is not for me i'm not enjoying this i can move on do something else right And that's okay like it's we've created an issue with quitting where we say quitters or losers never quit and uh, you know, do it, just do it and all that shit. It's like quitting's not inherently bad. You know, like I quit basketball. I was a decent basketball player, right? Um, did okay all through college, everything like that. Had some thoughts about going overseas with one of my friends to try and pick up some like kind of series B pro type stuff. And just, like, it's not, it sounds sweeter than it is. basically go play in a gym with 150 people watching kind of thing but just to continue playing but at that point i quit so i'm 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 a loser for that or whatever i guess you know that's how we framed quitting but it's not inherently bad quitting can open a new door to a new passion i think i love powerlifting more than i've ever loved basketball i didn't think that was possible like i was crazy about basketball i like well, you know how I am about powerlifting. So turn it in with, make it a basketball player. But with basketball, you can train it all day long. I can't powerlift all day long. And I try and I hurt myself. So it's like with basketball, I can go and shoot all day and I can do drills and I can do cardio and I can run hills and I can do anything. I can go all day. As long as I'm fueling, I can run and I can go. I can get better. I loved it. You know, I was obsessed with it. So all I did, watch video train, watch videos train, go back, do different things, shoot more balls. like. You know, I'll send you videos later. I've got videos. I made 43 pointers in a row. Like I I played all I did, but I quit. And I never regret it. You know, like that was easily my first love, longest love. No question. You know, before basketball, I ended up playing hockey to a quite high level too. And I quit it because what I was doing for hockey warm ups before games is I would bounce my basketball around. Weird. My passion was changing. That's Okay. I took a different route, started, started following that. No regrets about moving on from hockey other than I had some pretty nice hockey offers too. But like, so I, part of me thinks, what if, but it's like, I wouldn't have loved it. I love basketball. So I moved to basketball. I I committed everything to it. You know, Um, I'm also have a very obsessive type personality with things I choose to try to get good at. So I don't think that's necessarily inherited, uh, inherent in everybody, but regardless, this is the point. Then I quit basketball, so now I'm a loser. Or a society, we've made it out that quitting's bad. Like you suck if you quit. You know, you quit on your dream. You quit on this. You gave up. We have such a negative uh, perception of quitting. Um, quitting's not inherently bad, right? Like quitting can be the best thing. You know, my biggest regret now, when I when I see how much I care for powerlifting, how much I enjoy training, and how much I. I love learning about it, and like um, as I my passion continues to develop for it, and the more I see my personal development and personal growth through powerlifting, in some sense, the the only regret I seem to be having the way I'm thinking now is shit. I wish I started this when I was 17. Like I wish I started 15. Like we're seeing kids now we have 15, 12, 13 year olds starting in that. That's their sport now. Like that didn't exist for me. You know, it wasn't a thing. I didn't even know what it was. Like I said to you earlier, like I didn't know anybody in powerlifting until I I was like 25. I remember going to my first powerlifting gym, people looking at me like I was some Martian because I was decently strong then and they were the powerlifters and I just showed up and it was like, you know, and I I was just like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like I don't even have any, I had no desire to do a meets and then people started, you got to do a meet, you got to get your feet wet, you got to do, I don't know. I didn't know anything. You know, I just knew I was passionate about it. Like it was a raw, real route to this, right? Quitting brought me that. You know, quitting basketball, quitting the thing I loved most at the time, allowed me to pursue something. And I found something so much better for me. You know, especially at this point in my life, um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say a 16-year-old should go powerlifting. And that's their dream because you don't know. And I think it has to come naturally to you. But quitting allowed this to come to me. You know, if I would have pressed basketball, I wouldn't have the career that I have. I wouldn't um, be in the position I'm in now. I'd be trying to play in some, you know, ratty gym, playing series B, trying to play some pro team, probably not probably coming off the bench or something because those guys are actually Mm -hmm. damn good over there. You know, it's like, is that it? Would that have been it? You know, so. But again, the point here, we've we've the society that we have and the, the framework that we have and surrounding lifting and surrounding especially fitness is quitting is your a loser not even just fitness fitness and sport i would say quitting makes you a loser it doesn't not necessarily you know if it's not for you go do something else you know you might not quit and find another sport you might quit and become a painter you might quit and become a cross stitcher you might quit and become a poetry writer you might quit and become an online you know, um, an online persona or something. We got lots of that going on. You might quit and start an OnlyFans. Like, I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. Like, But it can open another door. It doesn't have to be you suck. You're a loser. You gave up on your dream. It doesn't mean you gave up. It means it wasn't there for you. It wasn't your passion. You're going to waste your whole life faking a passion. You know, that's how I think about hockey. I was really quite good at hockey. Played the highest level my whole way through. And it's like, I would have hated it. I started hating it. I started loving something else. So I went there. I was honest with myself, even then, and moved directions. And then when basketball was coming to its end, it's like, do I follow my career? I went to school for seven years, got my two degrees. Do I push into my career now? Or do I put that on hold and go and see if I can play shitty basketball for $2,000, $3,000 a month in Europe? And it's like, hmm, I had to be real with myself. Do I love it that much? Because if you do, Go. I came to the conclusion that I didn't and I needed a change in my life. I needed to put, start my career. I need to start my financial security. I need to do, you know, and then I found lifting and I always trained through college and I was a strong basketball player. So I was I worked out and I did all this background, have a great background of sport. So I had a base, but it, it just fell naturally. And then I was just like, Oh, it's getting stronger. Holy shit. I love this. I love the idea of feeling strong. You know, I love what it's doing to me. I love the, you know, the way it's making me feel. That was like the initial primal love that I found with powerlifting and this kind of actually reverts all the way full circle to where we started with the conversation where you said, how did you get here or how did you start powerlifting? It's one of our first things that we talked about, but it drove me into this direction. You know, and then I started to see it wasn't just this artificial infatuation with, oh, I feel good. Like the physical primal part, it became this is changing me. Like this is changing how I think this is changing how I want to treat people. Like this is changing my my confidence. You know, it's changing. It's changing my whole persona and my whole attitude. It's I was I was uh, it made me accountable. Because I was that person. I was the person all the way back, even before soccer. I played like a high level soccer too. And it's like, my co- they, they took me, I was, a, I was a U14 soccer team. I was 12 years old. The coach, it was a provincial team. The coach takes looks at me and goes, I want you on this team, but you have an attitude problem. And I did. And I looked at him and I was like, fuck you. I do not, like kind of thing. Like I don't, you know, I was a little cocky shithead. Hockey came around. Hockey was a little bit better, but I was a goalie. So it was all on me, kind of thing. Basketball came around. I won, I won these MVP awards or whatever in basketball and I won the league thing. And, that, and the ceremony, my friggin' coach goes, um, makes some reference to my nickname. They called me Bird because Larry, right? So they called me Larry Bird as like my nickname. And they said it wasn't because he was as good as Larry Bird. It's because all he did was shoot. So it was always the same kind of thing. It was always like, I wanted the ball. I wanted to do it. I wanted to score. I wanted to, you know, I, I wanted a, some sort of presence in a way. Um, and powerlifting has a lot. And when I started powerlifting, I think I, that bled into it at the start. You know, I was, I, to be fully honest and transparent, I think I was part of what I'm wanting to change now or parting, of, part of what my voice now wants to see change for others because I've learned. Right. Um, so when it, it started to bleed in, when I started lifting and then what I noticed where I really started to fall in love with the powerlifting was that change of, of nature and of mind where it's like. Wow, like, I really, the better I'm going to get here and to make myself better here, I really need to be honest with myself. I really need to be accountable. I really need to um, hold myself to a really true standard. You know, I really need to have in check. Um, And then it's working. You know like and and, it, and then, then now that that kind of crosses over into other areas of life of how i'm treat i treat my friends like i say it i said earlier here it's like i will be loyal to a fault like i will be there no matter what you know where i won't be there is if you're on me or you're on on about my friends or you i but in a sense that is being there but you will i'm a very i'm here until i'm not you know what i mean and how not is if you are crossing crossing the lines You know, and even at that point, I'm happy to extend the olive branch and we can fix things and move on. Um, But it makes it a little bit tougher. But it's the same conversation. It's like you've learned all of this developmental growth and all this personal growth. And I think a part of that has come through my, um, you know, kind of curated nature that I've learned from how from just being accountable. and how It's taught me something, you know, and then. Coaching, I think I'm a somewhat a natural coach in a sense. Um, I've always coached. I've always um, – now I'm actually – one of my degrees is education and, and teaching and stuff. So in a way, that's coaching too or coaching's teaching, co- Teaching's coaching, however you want to think about it. And it's like it's into that too. So now I'm teaching young people these life skills and just like – because if I had them earlier, I'd have been more successful. I don't know in what avenue or what avenue it would have led me to, but I would have been more successful knowing it earlier. You know, even when I started thing at 25, I would have started day one knowing some of the stuff I have now. I would have been better off. So now I'm in a position where I can share that with 18 year olds, 19 year olds that are coming to my team. You know, and they're they're changing their mindset and they're getting it early. You know, older people. I have some older people too, 38 years old, and I still you still pick it up because people sometimes you just don't get that opportunity in your life to to feel grounded. Like we're, our main our main topic or thesis of this conversation is how rampant this problem is and how ignorant and delusional so much so much of this is. So if I can help to reverse that because I was there at one point or not one point several points several years of points I would say and I can see the other side and I can see that side too and I know how to bridge the gap because I feel like I'm effectively doing that and continually doing so It's like I can pass that on and I can help somebody, you know, I can help somebody get there quicker. So they're not wasting years. They're not starting late They're, You know, they're hearing, they're hearing it through experience, not through a book, not through, you know, somebody just trying to talk out their ass. They're seeing it from experience. They're not talking about from someone who's had it their whole time. And that's what they were brought up with. They're seeing it from one end of the spectrum, learning it the whole way through over the course of literally 20 years at this point to you know and I'm not trying to say I'm there yet and that's I think what I'll never say but I have shown this growth and I know the ins and outs a little bit more than I think some people do that either aren't there yet have never been there or were there at the start and didn't have the transition or the learning curve um, so I think part of coaching kind of segueing into the second part about programming I would agree that yes programming can work regardless. But I think the elements of a good coach is to teach you the mental side. You know, and that's what I really I think that is one of my strengths to try and teach that fortitude and the mental fortitude, not just the physical fortitude, but that mental accountability, the fortitude, the ability to own mistakes, the ability to move on, the ability to just live in friggin' reality without washing down, you know, washing down all of this external gratitude and make me feel good and like this external stimulus to just keep you high. It's like, hmm, either extreme's dangerous. If you're very low or you're very high, you're in a danger zone. So let's learn how to balance. Let's learn how to be accountable. Let's learn how to manage, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, even spiritually a little bit. I wouldn't say I would guide someone on some spiritual journey, but um, religious or otherwise. But those other three, I think I do have a decent handle on and I'd be open to learning the fourth. You
0: know, so, <clears throat> yeah, no, that's all really, really good stuff. So I will, I'm going to hit you with one final question because you didn't get to answer the question originally because I hadn't started prompting it. We all know the podcast ends with the word French toast. So the fan favorite question is what breakfast food holds supreme in your mind above all else?
1: Nice. Um, man. So, yeah, it's uh, – what's that thing we eat? French toast and uh, – what do we get on there? So we got this restaurant down the road. Um, they give us a uh, – well, it's, it's a Nutella banana crepe is what it says on the recipe or in the uh, – not the recipe, the uh, menu. But we sub the um, crepe for French toast. So, and I end up getting two or three pieces of French toast, usually six to eight poached eggs, a couple sides of bacon. What do I get? Four pieces of rye toast, three, two to four toast, two, two to four pieces of rye toast. Um, some, some shredded uh, white cheese they bring us is real nice there. And then I end up making uh, the rye sandwich. I put four eggs on, another rye bread, put the cheese on and some bacon. One side of bacon on there, make two of those sandwiches. Three um, of the French toast with the Nutella and bananas on, and uh, some icing sugar and some syrup. That's uh, there's a Saturday morning for you. Right there, I don't. When uh, before COVID shut our world down, we would go every single Saturday, and that would be my usually. That's a, a heavier day. I think it's probably apparent why. Lots of calories there, but that would be my go-to breakfast for sure. I love that breakfast. It's like what a breakfast lot. but <laughs> it is a. What?
0: What I love about the fact that this is the video premiere of this show is for people to realize we're pretty much identical size. Like as far as specs, like you're obviously significantly larger from like a muscle standpoint. We're both like 6'1", 280 pounds. I tell someone, hey, you and I train. I have to eat a lot of food. And they're like, oh, like you don't have to eat that much food. So it's extremely refreshing for everyone that's listening to this. To hear that that was the go-to Saturday meal before a heavy session for someone that is the exact same size as me, because I feel like it's now justified for everyone else as to why I eat so much food. But you got to eat more yeah. to get bigger and to lift more.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Like I don't know if that was a question, but just a one second on that is, I think there's absolutely merit to staying within a class until you can't. Right. Like at some point you should be topping out your class. And at that point you need to be moving on to the next class. Um, You shouldn't, in my perspective, you shouldn't be a 74 kilo person your whole lifting career. Like I suppose it's possible, but if you're doing a really nice job of advancing your body and advancing your strength, at some point, you should be able to max out that class and move to the next class. Uh, That being said, I'm not the huge, a huge advocate. I understand it, but I'm not a huge advocate of just jumping classes just to throw weight on. Um, I do think weight can help you move weight but at some point muscles what's doing the work for you so um, I think there's a balance between you know hiding in a class which I would say is cowardly and we see that a lot people staying low because then their competition is not as strong Um, rather than just you know naturally growing through classes as you progress through your powerlifting career for sure but yeah eating is a big one man you got to be putting it in and I wouldn't necessarily recommend eating how I would on a Saturday morning every day. I don't even have time to make all that kind of stuff. But, um, right. if you're fueling for something bigger, you need to be fueled. Like, and again, the, I think maybe what the title of this could be is just something to do with something to do with how not complicated everything can be, but we love to make it complicated. It's like it's a very simple analogy. How far are you going to get in a race car? If you throw diesel in it or even worse, put vinegar in the tank or some other substance that's not, you know, high ethanol, um, uh, fuel. Like you're not going very far, it's, it's not that complicated. Like, did you imagine though? Like if people were driving their car around and their car had problems and then you go, you end up being like, Oh yeah, car would have went a lot faster today, but uh, I put the wrong fuel in my gas tank. Would you have sympathy for that? You'd be like, no, that, that's your fault. Like just put the right stuff in. Like that's to me, that's how simple it can be. Just make different choices, man. Like, or just blame someone else, I guess. and can get all your problems that way.
0: <laughs> hey, and ultimately that's the thing. I, and, and we'll, we'll finish with that. I mean, you, when you were an adult, you can choose to blame somebody else or you can choose to accept what you're going to do. And ultimately it is up to you as the listener, as the athlete, the lifter, the coach, to make that decision. Are you going to blame other people or are you going to accept that you can improve? So with that, uh, this has been a great conversation with the big cat 10, uh, Larry McEwen. You can find him on Instagram, big cat, 10 team, big cat, uh, reach out to him. If you're not going to be a bitch about your training. Uh, if you want to hear more from me uh, on the show, you can find us at faith, fitness, and French toast on pretty much anywhere. The podcast can be streamed, uh, last advertisement, go pick up, Raw Grip Chalk, use the code Power. You'll save some amount of money. I'm not really sure how much. Uh, same thing with Skull Smash Ammonia and with Croqueta Strength. Y'all, that was another great episode uh, with Larry and Find him, Big Cat 10, Team Big Cat 10 on Instagram as well. Reach out to him for any coaching. I hope you enjoyed that. If you're looking to hear more from us, you can follow us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe there, Faith Fitness and French Toast. By Moses Allwood uh, as we start ramping that bad boy up. We have another episode coming out in just a few days with Alex Usler, head of Team Usler Training, Cold Mind Apparel, and the ex-general manager for Hybrid Performance Method. Super pumped that you are here with us. I'm looking forward to creating more content for you. So always feel free to reach out to me at Faith Fitness Podcast on Instagram or Big Mo Powerlifting, my personal page to give me any advice or tips on what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear
1: from. With that, Big love.